want to talk to you for a few moments about a subject that, uh, in fact, the subject has been coming up on Sunday night on revival. And if ever our nation today needed revival, it's today. If ever a nation that, that has printed on their coins and God we trust ever needed a revival, it's America. And I think about the things that are being said about one another in politics, and then I think about what the Bible says about with what measure you meet, it'll be measured back to you. Whatsoever things a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Overcome evil with good. And I think about the, the message that our world is sending today from our television network. Then I think as a, as a shepherd today, the message that you and I must follow and it's recorded in God's word. And the fruit of God's word is flowing through our hearts as believers. And it's important that the world sees it's a fruitful life when we follow the Lord. We're in this world, but the Bible says we're not like this world. We don't, we're not of this world. We just live in this world. And I, I was drawing some thoughts today from the scriptures as I was thinking about revival for the church. I was raised in a Pentecostal atmosphere, and it, it seemed like when revival would come, it would be, we would have a guest speaker that would come. In those days, they lived in the parsonage. Somebody had to step out of their bedroom for a week or two or sometimes three weeks when the evangelist would come. But it seemed like at that time, the temperature in the church rose. There, it was a different speaker, sometimes the same message, but it was coming from a different voice. And, and it, at that, that time, people just seemed to, it, it just seemed like we, we, we rose to place spiritually that we'd never been and then after the evangelists would leave it just seemed like the the flame would kind of kindle and the and the spirit would just kind of fall and then I begin to think about life and I, I think as I look at the scripture uh, I, I think that God doesn't want you and I to live on a roller coaster roller coaster is exciting roller coasters uh, go high and they go low and they, they take your breath but I wouldn't want to live on a roller coaster. The greatest thing that Sherry enjoyed while we were, we were dating was to go to Spring Lake and get on the roller coaster. She loved the thrill of a roller coaster. I can't tell you how bruised my shin was the first time I got off of that roller coaster. I didn't like it. But I, at that time, she was like the Lord of my life, and I would have followed her everywhere she went. She was the most gorgeous lady, and she still is, that I ever met in my life. And if you can just picture this, a girl that was dressed to fit a, for a king. Can-cans that kept that skirt way out and bobby socks and, so and shoes to match. And she would take any young man's breath when he, he looked at her. And so, you know, roller coasters just became a part of life. And after I rode with her a few times, I, I began to formulate my own thoughts I can never let her know that what she does scares me <laughs> and it's worked part of the time but I think about our spiritual life I, let me ask you this question this morning is your spiritual life on a roller coaster do you have the highs when you really feel like the Lord is near do you have the highs in your life when it seems like everything's going your way do you have the highs in your life when you just 
Everything you, you seem to do, you just have the praise in, in, in your lips, and you, you just say, thank you, Jesus. Are, are, you on, are you here this morning, and you're on the high, and when the sun comes up, you say, blessed are those who, who serve the Lord. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is the King. Or maybe you're a Christian this morning, and, and the tide is not high. It seems like the tide is low in your spiritual life. There's times you even doubt whether God is really real or not. You even there, when you read passages of Scripture, you have this thought, if that's really true, why hadn't this happened? And you're just kind of going through the low tide of life. Well, I just kind of want to talk to all of us this morning, maybe not in a message form, but I'd just like to talk to you this morning about what the Bible has to say. What do we do when we're hungry? We eat. We don't sleep, we eat when we're hungry. What do we do when we're thirsty? We drink. So when we eat, we satisfy what kind of a spirit? A hunger spirit. A hunger. Does your spirit tell you when you're hungry? How about this? How, does your spirit speak to you when you see something that you really like, especially at Ted's? Do you see things when you sit at a table that you really don't like, such as gravy? <laughs> and all at once your spirit just rebels. But, but when we're hungry, we eat. And when we're thirsty, we drink. I wonder today if our spiritual life could be the same. Is, are those times that we're on high because of what God has done for us? Or are those times of high because we have been hungry and the Lord stepped into our life and he fed us like manna from heaven? And our spiritual tide went up and our, our spirits were lifted and we found grace in the eyes of God and we found the time to, more time to spend with him. And we come to the place maybe we know him a little better and maybe we come to the place we don't, we don't love the Lord because of what he does, we love him because of who he is. Could I present this question? Do you really know God? Or do you really know what he does? Do you love God because of who he is? Or do you love God for what he does? And we're living in a world that knows, knows spiritually knows who God is. Even though they don't act like it. We live in a world where we still have a few coins in our pocket and God we trust. But I'm, I'm presenting this question because I'm rolling it in my mind. Does people really know God for who he is or do they know him for what he does? You see, Jim Slothauer could own a dealership and he could sell the greatest tractor on the market. But he could live in New York City and own the dealership in O'Keene. And he's got his name across the billboard of that, that business, so I know who owns it. Proprietor and owner, Jim Slothauer. Well, I know he sells tractors, so I really don't need to know him. I just need what he has. Can I ask this question today? Would that possibly be a challenge to the church that we are dealing with today? Oh, we know that uh, what he does when we when we become when we're sinners, the Bible says we're but a few days of age and we're full of sin. 
We know that he's, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we know God is a loving God. He loved us enough that he gave his prized possession. He gave the only son to die on the cross between two thieves that you and I might have life and might have it more abundantly. So do we really know God or do we just know what he does? Let me ask you this. Jesus bore our stripe, he bore our, our sickness by the stripes that he carried on his back. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, a chastisement. Our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Let me ask you this. Do we know him as a healer, or do we know him as the Son of God? Do we know him as Jehovah Jireh, our provider? Do we just call upon him when we are between uh, hard times and we don't know what to do? Or do we know him as our best friend do we call upon him when the bills are paid do we call upon him when there's food in the pantry we've got money in the bank we've got a nice car to drive do we call on him as richly then as we do when we don't have all those things that i talked about is he your best friend when the spiritual tide is high is he your best friend when the spiritual tide is low I believe in my heart when Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I believe our spiritual life is, is, resembles our physical body. Every morning we don't have to be up, we don't have to work very long, but what, something goes off, the alarm clock goes off, it goes something like this. And that's a signal. Pull in, feed me. Well, I just wonder maybe sometimes uh, if we even need a spiritual alarm to say, Lord, I need you, you to feed me. I, and I can tell you, after 54 years in, in the ministry, tomorrow at 2 o'clock when I stand before, behind that podium, I'll have the same butterflies dealing with me that I had 54 years ago when I did my first funeral service. Jared told me not long ago, he said, I've been told this, Pastor, that's a signal from heaven, from the Holy Spirit, to saying, you need me just as bad for this service as you did the last one. Or you remember the first time you did a service, a funeral service? You needed my help just as bad then as you do then, did then. And he's sending a signal. It's not a whisper. It's like butterflies are fluttering inside of you, and, and you're doing your best to hold your 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 ability to stand before people without crying. You're doing your best to keep it together. You're doing your best to say something good. And there's times when it's not found on the notes. It's only found as you speak to the butterflies. Lord, you're my source. You're my strength. I fed on you yesterday, and I'm going to feed on you. I needed you yesterday, and I needed you today. And only you can satisfy the longing and quench the pain in people's lives. I don't want to do that because I'm your shepherd. I want to do that because I want to please God. I, I, I want to, every day, every day, there's things in, in, that come my way just like it does yours, and there's days I'll just have to admit, the milk does clabber at times, even at the White House. But nobody has to tell me the difference between buttermilk and sweet milk. I love both, but we don't buy much of buttermilk. Have you ever tried buttermilk on cereal? 
Neither have I. It just wouldn't fit at the White House. But listen, listen to me. I see a weariness that comes over us many times, and, and, and stress comes our way, and, and burdens become heavy, and questions that are un, unanswerable. And we come to the place that there's one thing to do if we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. Satan's going to fill your mind with the things he wants you to feed on. Let me talk to you about three things that the enemy works on us. And this has been his tactic from the word get-go. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. You may say, I don't have any trouble with the lust of the flesh. Well, if you're 90 years old, you might not have, but, <laughs> but I don't see him here today or her. You know, God gave us all of, the, all of the mannerisms and all the things that our body works with today. He gave them as a blessing. And he gave us the ability to know what to do when they get out of order. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. And you know what? This morning, I can just tell you, the day that I don't think that I've got a problem with either one, I better check the envelope that's dealing with the pride of life. Bless God, I just don't have a problem with that, Pastor. I'm just not tempted in any direction today. Could there be a, maybe an area in your life that uh, is called the pride of life? Maybe, maybe you were looking in an area that we just don't have any problems there, but listen to me. God knew before we started that, that we would have a hunger time. We would have a time when we would thirst for righteousness. And then he says this, there's a reward for those that hunger. There's a reward for those that thirst. I want to fill them. There's nothing like being filled with the presence of the Lord. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Every day I can medicate on the word of God. It drowns out the things that's really messing me up and it fills me with hope there's a blessed hope coming I may not be there yet but I'm on the right road and I'm going to continue to trust the Lord with all of my heart it's been said in a very careless world that our world is, is hungry for the gospel of the grace of God well if that were so the whole world would be saved the truth is that people are filled with a hunger and a thirst but not for righteousness but for satisfaction and sin can satisfy only for a season. Even the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. Now look at a world today that's looking for satisfaction. Satisfaction for the moment. Satisfaction that will just churn, churn things for the moment. And, and sin will do that for a moment, but it has no lasting effects. And the enemy does everything he can to step in your, into your life when you're hungry, when you're thirsty, when things aren't going good. And when things are, you know, just really challenging, and he'll step into your life, and he'll begin right here by getting you to think about something that might include the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. Did you know God, uh, that the enemy, Satan, de the devil, Lucifer, cannot mess up your life until he messes you up right here? I know, this is, I, I enjoy this quietness so much. You are blessing me beyond measure. I love quietness. Our house just became quiet this past week when Tori went to college. 
Now I'm coming to the church, I'm telling you, I'm just surrounded with quietness. That's awesome. That's awesome. You can think. You can, th- you can think. You can even think out loud. Nobody's going to tell on you. The enemy is out as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But the Bible says that peerless times will come. Are peerless times here today? Do you think we're living in the last hours today? From all indication, this must line up with what the Bible says in the last days. Men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And we're, we're closing in on the pages of time. And, and happiness is a lasting effect that God wants us to enjoy, or enjoy and the enjoyment of being joyful because it's an element in your life that will keep you pursuing because there's strength in being joyful. Even strength when you hit the microphone. There's something about the strength of a joyful person. There's something about... The older I get, the more fun it is to walk in and see somebody that's really taking life serious, such as a cashier at a Jiffy Drip where you're filling up with gas or the Walmart, everywhere you're shopping. It's just enjoyable to say, well, are you having a great day today? And sometimes they are really truthful. They say, no! I watch for that. I'm just, I'm just as prepared for the no's as I am a yes. And here's how I answer that. Well, ma'am, I've been married to the same lady for 60 years, and she's never lost a battle. What's your number? I'll let her call you. And the countenance changes. Listen, no matter what comes your way, neither height nor depth, principalities, things are present or things to come, can separate us from the joy of the Lord. He wants, us to, he wants us to be surrounded with the joy of the Lord every day. And he wants us to soak as much of it in as we need because the ticket was paid for at Calvary. You know, if God was charging you so much today for, for the blessings he sends your way, and that you might be able to say, I can't afford that. But the ticket for everything you're ever going to need from this life and the life to come, it, the, your ticket was stamped paid for when Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Yeah. Paid for in full. Paid for in full. How many think this rose is beautiful? Isn't that gorgeous? That, I sat on the front seat this morning, and was it you? Brooks said, that is a gorgeous rose. I want you to get a look, get a look at that. Isn't that it, I'm not going to charge you for it. I want you to look at it. <laughs> Everybody likes what it sees. Could you just... Yeah, yeah. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, five dollars. <laughs> Guess what? I've enjoyed that for almost forty years, and it's never cost me a penny. Do I enjoy it? It's just a thought. How beautiful. How beautiful. It's a resemblance of something beautiful. It sends a message. Every time I see that, it, there's something about that that sends a message to my heart. Every time we look at the Bible, it should send a message. There's something beautiful. There's something that will satisfy the hunger of my life. There's something that will satisfy the thirst of my life. And I'm going to look for it because the Bible says, He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. Rivers! Amen. Rivers, not streams, not drips. Rivers. 
revival. I've come to this conclusion in life. I can have revival anytime I want to have revival. Revival doesn't come when you start shouting and dancing and running the aisles. As far as I can read, the Bible says I can have all of God that I want. And I, was, I got up this morning thinking about this, service, this song. Hallelujah, thine to glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine to glory. Revive us again. What, what, what do we think about when we revive? We think about speaking life into something that's died, don't we? Yes. Oh, come on, don't die on me now. I'll get the jumper cables out. Don't die on me now. Listen, revival is reviving us. Revival is reviving us. Revival is reminding us of who we are, what has been done for us, and the, and, and the ability. Just look at the Bible. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When do I need strength? All the time. Yeah. And the day that I say that I don't, pride is trying to crowd my life. I need Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Not because I'm your shepherd, I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm an heir of God, I'm a joint heir of Jesus Christ. My father owns cattle on a thousand hills. If in this life only I had, I had hope, I'd be very miserable, just like a lot of people are. I'm not miserable. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Listen to me. God wants to stir the kettle that your spirit's in this morning. He wants to turn the heat up on the burner that your, your life is setting on. He wants you to come to the place that you're turned on to Jesus. You never miss an opportunity to let your light shine. You never miss an opportunity to hold the door open if there's somebody following you. You never miss an opportunity to say something good to somebody that may be more, so discouraged. They can't see straight. I know a person that used to grace us, Jiffy Trip. The, the lady behind the counter was never happy. She never smiled. She never said anything. And one day this person addressed, looks to me like if you worked in a place like this, you could speak once in a while or smile once in a while. And the lady says, I've been fighting cancer for a number of years. And uh, things have just been horrible for me. Whisper, whisper. Listen, you're God's kids this morning. You're God's ambassadors today. We're, we're, he's counting us. We're all he's got today, not just his church, but Christians are all God's got to work his plan in this world today. Yes. Yes. He's never changed. He never runs hot and cold. Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday and today and forever. Yeah. If he healed the sick, Jesus went about healing the sick. He raised the dead. He walked the sea. I'm telling you, there's nothing he can not do. Hallelujah. When the storms of life arose, he walked on the water. When death knocked, he knew what to do. Let me say this this morning. God has the answer for every dilemma today. But you're going to have to turn loose of it and trust him before he can take care of it. As long as you're like this, 
He'll say, okay. How many have ever been like me? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. I'm the potter today and you're the clay. And I'm singing, I shall not be moved. God has a great sense of humor. He uses the same humor on me that he used 40 years ago when I said I would never pastor this church on a silver platter. He was in the heavens laughing, saying, we'll see about that. Listen today, it's an awesome privilege to be called a Christian. It's an awesome privilege to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an awesome privilege to know that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. It's, a, it's an opportunity and it's a blessing to know that I become the righteousness of God the day that I confessed him as Lord of my life. You know what I did? I just got right standing with the Lord. That's what the righteousness of God is all about. Our life will under be, always be under construction. Our life will always be going through messes. But I'm telling you, I'm the righteous of God no matter what's going on in my life. You know why? Because I'm in right standing with the Lord. And when I sidestep, I say, Lord, forgive me. I want to get back in step with you. I want to be your follower today. And I want to be close enough that I can hear you when you whisper. Yeah. We're having a dilemma at our house at this stage in life. We have the television going. We have the, I'm looking at the phone part of the time. Sherry is too. And when she goes to speak, she talks like I'm sitting next to her and my chair is 10 foot away from her. And there's a common curse word that's appeared at our house. Through the past few years, we used to never use or curse. And it's, and it's called this word. Huh? Huh? What'd you say? Huh? You got to speak louder. Turn the TV down. I, I, if, you're, if you're not 78, it'll, explain, you'll, you'll, it'll be self-explanatory in time to come. So just enjoy it now. Laugh while you can. It'll get serious one of these days. Cursing. We develop spiritual cuss words. And all the time the Bible said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Huh? Revival. I want to ask this question to you because I'm asking this question to me. And there's another thought I want to, I want to release this morning. God doesn't send revival because we fast and or pray. I knew I would not get one amen there. Thank you, Lord. I didn't expect it. Fasting and prayer is not twisting the arm of God to get him to do something. Fasting and prayer is to get me in line and close enough to the Lord that I can hear what he's saying. You see, God doesn't change. Hebrews 13a, he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday. He's going to be the same today. He's going to be tomorrow. Fasting and prayer. Fasting crucifies the old man. Fasting crucifies the flesh. And 72 hours after you've missed every meal for 72 hours, your, your body will begin to talk to your mind. Doesn't look like I'm the boss right now. But you wait till you get over this fast, and I'll see if I can't take over again. Fasting is prayer is awesome. 
But it doesn't take fasting and prayer to bring revival. It comes through hunger and thirst. When you get hungry enough for God, you'll start spending more time with the Lord. You know, and I want to say this because I'm guilty too. There are days when I treat God like McDonald's. Big Mac with a large Coke. And by the end of the day, you realized uh, you shopped uh, fast food and you did the same thing spiritually. I know I'm not talking to you. Can you hear me? Barely. <laughs> I, 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 I want to help you while I'm, while I'm helping myself. This message isn't for you. It's, I, I want to see revival like you. But I want to see revival come personally. And when it becomes per- personally, then it'll become church-wise. And then it'll explode into the community. But revival starts right here between me and the Lord. He knows when I'm hot. He knows when I'm cold. He knows when I'm indifferent. Even though I never speak a word sometimes when I'm indifferent. You can tell by the way I drive and how intense I get. You can tell by my spirit. Revival. Revival. Revival, Lord, revive. Hallelujah, thine to glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine to glory. Revive us again. I'm closing with this thought. We can have all of God that we want. But Joel 2.28 tells about the days we're living in before the coming of the Lord. And the reward for all of this is this. The coming of the Lord is something we have to look forward to. The coming of the Lord is when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ rise first. Then we, we which are alive and remain are going to be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. I can tell you something. If you're living by the flesh and you're lying to three, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, you're not even thinking about the return of the Lord. You know why? Because your thought process is in a cage of the three areas that the enemy torments people. I'm telling you, when you shut the door on the pride of life, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye, and you realize, Lord, you're, you're coming. You're coming in the hour we think not. I have everything to look forward to when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together and make the Lord in there. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's something to look forward to. That's a jubilee. We need to be ready for it. But let me ask you, tell you this. We need to take as many as we can with us because they have a ticket paid for. But they've got to claim it. 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 I said I was going to close, didn't I? All right, stand. With your head bowed this morning, let me ask this question. How many are at least thinking about what I said this morning? Revival doesn't begin at this altar. It begins at your altar. Your altar may not be look like this altar is. But you have an altar. It's a place where you meet the Lord. It's a place where you cast all your care. It's a t- place where you, your meeting place and and and... And maybe there's tears on, on your altar today. Well, let me ask you this. How many are here this morning 
you'd say by an uplifted hand. Please don't hold your hand up. If you don't mean it, I'm just asking this as a question. How many today are hungry enough for revival that you'll go home and you'll start talking to the Lord? Lord, I want to come to the place where the fire of revival will burn away the shaft, burn away the undesirables, that you'll give me a hunger, that you'll give me a thirst for righteousness, that you'll give me a, a desire like I've never had before to see my life revived, renewed, restrained, and, and filled and pressed down and running over. Lord, that my life will be full of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that I can do what you've called me to do, that I can be everything you have said I could be. Well, nobody's looking around but other than myself. Let me see the hands. You'd say, that's me. God bless the hands that are over, going across this building today. God bless you today. There's enough people that's raised their hand this morning that's acknowledging their, the fact that it's time for revival. I want revival to start in my life. It, you, there's enough hands that's been raised this morning to move the mountains, to cause this community to shake, rattle, and roll for Jesus. So we're going to close in prayer this morning. This altar is open today. As your heads are still bowed, let me ask this question. Is there anybody who came to church this morning and you came to get saved and you're not saved this morning, but you'd say by an uplifted hand, I came to get saved today. I'm not saved, but I want to be. Can I see your hand as we wait a moment? Then I'm assuming everybody's a believer this morning. We're going to close in prayer, but the altars are never closed. You can come forward. You can spend time with the Lord. But we're going to close in prayer this morning. And we're going to dismiss the service. But I'm believing God that you're not going to forget the challenge that the Holy Spirit has given all of us today about reviving us, filling us, making us the kind of people He wants us to be. Father, my heart is overjoyed for those that are hungry this morning, those that acknowledge the desire for revival in their life. My heart rejoices this morning for the great percentage of this congregation. Not everybody lifted, but Lord, I believe those that lifted were being honest. They want more of you, and those that didn't lift their hand don't want any more of you. But today, I'm rejoicing for those that do. And I pray, Lord, that the fire of revival will ignite in our life in such a way that it will become contagious. Lord, that people can't be around us, but what the contagious spirit of the Holy Spirit Lord flows over on them and the love and the times of refreshing that flows through us Lord as you revive us in ways that only you can revive us Holy Spirit I thank you today for the work that you're doing in all of our lives for the things you have in store as we continue to put our trust in you Lord bless Jared and Jenny this morning their travels home Lord I thank you that you sent them to this church I thank you, Lord, that they're God, God they're, they're gift, they're your gift to this community and to this church this morning. Lord, you've done so many great things for us that we just can't name them all, but we want to say thank God from whom all blessings flow. Bless our church family this morning as we continue the journey of life, and we'll give all the praise to you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen.